appreciate. I wish I could play a musical instrument. And, uh, you know, I used to play the trumpet, but it's hard to sing when you're playing the trumpet. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, that's difficult. So anyway, I appreciate all you guys who are, are, are uh, musicians helping us out and leading worship. And I know our heart's just lifted to be able to worship corporately with you guys, with, with y'all, my, my family, that, you know, so many of you guys have been around with us for a long, long time. It, it's uh, been a very good time for me. I uh, hope it was for you too. All right, um, children, ch- kids, y'all can be dismissed for Children's Church if you want to follow Miss Brenda out the back. And for the rest of us, we're going to be, our primary passage is going to be Matthew chapter 1 this morning. So if you want to turn there, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little, wise, little time to get there as we uh, let the inmates escape out the back there. Oh, I wouldn't talk about you. <laughs> I was talking mostly about Brenda and Rebecca, but uh, anyway. All right, so, you know, as we, um, we're going to, I'm going to take, you know me, I, I take a little, I do a long intro. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, but I'm going to take a long intro here this morning. Here's, you know, there's a, in, in, the, uh, in the, that great Christmas carol, um, Joy to the World, one of the, one of the verses says, let every heart prepare him room. In, in anticipation of Jesus coming, right? Let every heart prepare him room. And uh, let's, we're a small crowd this morning. Let's be a little more uh, um, interactive than, than usual. How about this? So wh- what is it, why is it that we need to prepare our hearts? Why, why is it that we need to prepare room in our hearts? Why would we need room in our hearts? Uh, for for the coming of Christ. Wes, please. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Our hearts are full of deceit, evil, yeah. Self delusion. Yeah, absolutely. What else? Y- yes, but there you are. I couldn't see your mouth moving. I was like, I know that voice. Who is it? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Set your intentions on Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah, what else? Why else do we need to prepare room, make room in our hearts for the Lord? You remember, and the, right, the, the terrible, you know, tragedy here of, of the Gospels is that, right, the, the poor guy that was the innkeeper who had no room, right, became the metaphor for all of us, right? No room at the end came no room in our heart. That poor guy, he just didn't have room maybe, you know what I mean? Um, just didn't have room for Jesus. But, but you know, so that's been, that's been preached for, for centuries now. But anyway, uh, that poor guy. Uh, but, but the same is true of us, right? We can be so busy. We can have so much going on, too. And, and with sin in our hearts, with the, with the evil that's there, with the sinful nature, um, with us just not being prepared, being focused on all the wrong things, we need to make time to prepare our hearts. And listen, uh, listen, this is, you know, Easter and Christmas. These are, these are great times to have a rekindling of our affections, of our, of our desires, of our, of our longings for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. This, man, this is the season for it right here. This is when we, when we celebrate it. I love it. I was in, walking in Walmart yesterday, and I don't typically like going into Walmart much, but, uh, and they're playing Christmas carols, and I can't remember. It was like Mac Powell of uh, somebody, third, it was the third day. Who was that? Uh, singing over the intercom there at Walmart. I love it. They're playing, they're playing music that exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not sure if you know the other shoppers are aware, but man, I, I love it. I, I love this time of year where even our secular society, uh, um, um, Jesus Christ kind of breaks into. That's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but we all we know only time to, to prepare our hearts. We need to make room in our, in our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I'm talking about here in particular is this: is that you know there needs to be some time where we're developing and we're focusing and we're preparing our hearts for Christ. That we're making room for Him. And and let me just say really quickly what I'm talking about. It's a good thing that whenever you're 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 getting together with God for your quiet time, and it's just you and Him together. You know, the most important thing you can do is slow down. 
Slow down your body. Slow down your mind. This is time for you to engage with the Lord Jesus Christ. Slow down there and listen and meditate and be thinking about things. You know, some of the things to think about are, are, are my great need for a Savior. And I'm going to ask you here in a minute, so I'll give you a little time to think about it. What is it that you needed from God that, you, that, that drew you to him for the first time? What was it? You came to him for a reason. What was it that the very first drew you to God? And then right now today, what is it that you need from him? What is it that our great God can, you know, can do or be for you? What is it that you need from him? I, I want, want you to think about here as, we're, as I'm kind of going through the rest of the service, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask you here in a little bit to share, share just a, a moment of, about what you need from the Lord. But, uh, but let's talk about this. So here's where I want to start, though. We're talking about Emmanuel this morning. And the, and the word Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you all know this, right, means what? God with us. That's right. It means God with us. It means that, it means that God is present with us. And the term uh, came from, from the prophet Isaiah um, in, uh, in about 700 years before Jesus was born. It says, it says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. See, the, all throughout the Old Testament, there's these, there are these promises and there's these foreshadowings of a Messiah coming. And there are very few instances where it's just plain, painfully obvious that what's coming is the Lord himself, that he was the one who was coming. It wasn't just going to be another man raised up. It wasn't just going to be another, another man like a leader like Moses. It wasn't going to be just another king like David. It would be someone supreme to all of those, a bigger, better, more supreme than all of those. He wouldn't just be another high priest. He wouldn't just be another king. He wouldn't just be another prophet. He would be God come to earth. He would be God with us. And that's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate this season. Um, and I want to put yourself in this place for just a moment. Can you imagine in, in the Old Testament times, you know, thank God we are New Testament believers and we are on this side of the cross. We're on this side of the birth of Christ. But can you imagine being an Old Testament believer? And you remember how this worked. If you're an Old Testament believer in Moses' time, there was a tabernacle. If you're an Old Testament believer in the time of, of Solomon and some of the later kings, there was the temple. And if you wanted to see God, you had to go to the, to the temple or you had to go to the tabernacle and you had to pass through curtains. But, but the truth is, is that you can never get in to see him. He was always out of your reach. He, so as badly, as, as much as the people of Israel longed for God, they couldn't be near him for fear that because of their sin, they would die in his presence. Right? Every time one of the, one of the Old Testament prophets sees, uh, sees Jesus or sees the Lord God, every time they see him, they f- typically fall on their face in fear and say things like Isaiah did, woe is me, I am undone in his presence. See, because on our own, you and I were never able to stand in the holy presence of God because of the utter sinfulness of our souls. We could never stand before him because, uh, because he was too holy. His holy would have blighted us out, completely wiped us out. Um, and, and no one could ever see the face of God. So we needed, you know, for years, God had put into place this, this intermediary called the priesthood and this high priesthood. And so you would come with your family and you would bring a sacrifice and, and the sacrifice would cover your sins. But it was the priest who would be the one to sacrifice, the priest who would be the one who, who would offer the sacrifices and sprinkle the blood of the shed animal on the, on the, on the, on the, the table, on the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, I forgot the term. On the Ark of the Covenant and make sacrifices for sin there but it was him who was doing it and for the average believer god was out of reach can you imagine the longing thus they must have had 
Can you imagine the, the desire they must have, that must have built over the centuries and the generation after generation after generation that no one could be in his presence? That God wasn't really with us? I mean, his presence was here on earth, but he was unapproachable because of our sin. And then the prophet Isaiah came and he said, Emmanuel, God with us, is coming. Amen. Can you imagine the longing in their hearts? Imagine the longing that must have been to be able to, you know, don't you, don't you think there have been some people in, in Jewish history who would have just wanted to, to tear back the, the, the curtain and, and to go right into God's presence and see his majesty and see him in all of his glory, but because of fear of his holiness, they couldn't. Yeah. Here's the problem, I, I think, for us in this generation is we've gotten way too used to the fact that we can go right into the throne room of God because you and I have not only been declared uh, not guilty, but righteous before God because of what Jesus Christ has done. And we've gotten so used to, the fa- to that fact that that longing that we have for God has kind of dwindled. That, that desire that we have to be in his presence, we just take it for granted, right? Because we've become a little bit too used to the fact that we can go into his presence at any time. But for them, for a, a few millennia, they couldn't be in the Lord's presence. How about that? Imagine the longing. That, that's what I want to encourage you to do is, as you prepare for Advent season is to, is to openly confess to the Lord, Lord, I long for this from you. Or I long to see this aspect of your character. I need to see, I need to know this about you. And so let me ask you guys, what is it the very first, what was it that, that, that drove you to God? What did you need from him that he brought to you? What, what was it that you needed from God from the very beginning? What was it that you longed for and you desired from him that brought you to him for the first time? What was it? Truth? Redemption, yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah. Hope. We need hope, don't we? Yeah. What else? Yeah, boy. That's huge, isn't it? Huge. Purpose. Yeah. We need, a perp- we need purpose. We're, we need that. What else? I'm sorry? Hmm. Yeah, if it felt a big hole in your in your life, yeah, absolutely, very true. What else? How, how about today? What is it that you need from the Lord? What is it that you need from Him now in in your life? Whatever you're going through, what do you? What is it that you need from Him today? Or what is it about His character that you need to know more about? You need to see more of Him. Strength. Yeah. What else? Yeah, yeah, he's faithful to us when no one else is and when we're not, that's right. What else? Yeah, beautiful, yeah. Needed a father. What else? I'm sorry? Guidance, yeah, guidance. I tell you, one of the things, I, I don't know, I just, we all go through different times. And, and, you know, I think everyone has experienced all these things that everybody's talked about, right? One of the things I need to know is that no matter how big my sin is, I needed to know that his grace is much larger. You know what I mean? I need to know that, you know, my mess-ups aren't winning, you know, but that his, <laughs> that his forgiveness is, and, and his grace and his forgiveness is much bigger. His grace is much bigger than all my need, you yeah? know? Here's the deal. All those things that you and I are looking for, 
are found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And he has come. God with us has visited the earth. He, he took on a human form, actually human body he took on, and he was both fully God and fully man. And he came and he dwelt among us. We're reading this month in the book of John. And, and how about John's book? You know, he talks about the Word uh, being, being in existence from the beginning, and, and, and the Word has dwelt among us. The actual Greek word is, is, that, is that he's tabernacled with us. It's a picture of the Old Testament, right? It's a, it's a, for, it's a, it's a reaching back and a saying that, that foreshadowing, or that, that, that tabernacle of, of Moses' time and the time of the judges, that was a foreshadowing of what was coming because God's presence came and was there in the Holy of Holies, was there in the tabernacle, but that was a foreshadowing of this greater thing to come and that God Himself came and He dwelt among men and He is and has been everything we needed from God. He is amen listen i was um you, you know you know this in your marriage right so, sometimes you go through times where where you're not feeling very connected you go through times and, and i go through times and i go through times where we're not feeling very connected we're not feeling very emotionally close to each other has that ever happened to you yeah okay yeah you, it's all right you can admit it all right so it, that happens but you know one of the things that draws two two lovers together and i mean that in the terms of marriage right and one of the things that draws two lovers together is to think and to contemplate about all right for a man especially to think and to contemplate and remember and to think about all the beauty of his girl you know what i'm saying so you know so when I, I think about you know when i think about brendan i think about how how kind she is to us how how great she does to take care of us about how beautiful she is it, it draws my heart for her. It, it dr- brings along my, my longing to be with her. You know what I mean? Listen, the same is true of God. W- when, we con- when, when we allow ourselves to remember the longing that we have for him, to remember that, you know, wh- wh- if I was an Old Testament believer and I could never be in his presence, what would I miss about God? What would I, what would I miss if I couldn't be in his presence? Be- and then to the realization is that and I needed that because I need a savior. I need him every day. It wasn't just when I was saved that day. It was every day. I need a savior. And I can look at the Lord Jesus Christ and there he is. He's the one I'm longing for. He's the one that I've been desiring. He's the one that I need in my life every day for strength and hope and for, for a father and for a shelter and to, to know his love and for his forgiveness and to know that the deep, deep love of God is expressed perfectly in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this Advent season that you and I would stop and think and remember our great need of our Savior and that how he's come in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God with us. He is present with you in your time, in your quiet time. He's present with you in your time of struggle. He's present with you in your sorrow. He's present with you in your struggles. He's present with you in your frustrations. He's present with you in your times of joy. He's always there because he promised he would never leave or forsake us. Amen. He is God with us. All right. One of the um, let's let's uh, let's go go on here. Um, I, I just I pray for us here. One of the one, I'm I'm going to quote a couple of uh, different Christmas carols because I, I because you're going to hear these right. You're going to be at, at Coles. You're going to be somewhere, and some of these Christmas carols are going to come up. And and I hope it's not just like elevator music to you. This is great time. I mean, this is you know we talk about how difficult sometimes it is to go through your day and be reminded of the goodness of the Lord or, or remember to pray to Him. Here's the great thing: you're going to have reminders everywhere you go. You're, you're going to see Christmas trees. You're going to see decorations. You're going to see all these godless places playing Christmas music. It's going to be great. 
So listen, listen to these lyrics. So, so think then again about the, about the Old Testament believers and think about Israel who, who waited and hoped for, for generations for God to come, for the Messiah to be born. They waited and waited and waited for Him to come. And listen what one of these great Christmas carols says, O come, O come, all you faithful. It says, O come, O come, I'm sorry, not all you faithful, Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel who mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. See, the song talks about Israel, and you remember we've talked about this as we've gone through some of the Old Testament prophets, but they were lost in exile. They were carried off in captivity, and they're under the rule of foreign kings. And even in the midst of this, the carol says, they can rejoice because God with us is coming. The Messiah is coming. So, so for us, we can rejoice even in the midst of our troubles because God has come. God with us has come. Let's read. Now we, need to, we really need to get in the meat of our, of, our, of our passage here this morning. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read verses 18 through 23. Matthew 1, chapters eight, or verses 18 through 23. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Jessica read this just a moment ago. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him, him, uh, give him the name Jesus, because he, he will save his people from their sins." Jesus means uh, the Lord save, saves because he will save, him, save them from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. How about this? I love it. I love it when the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they just very, very obviously say, see this here that was prophesied in the Old Testament? It happened. Here it is. It, it, it's happened here. I think I appreciate Matthew making this very simple for me. So, yeah, what he's quoting here is that verse that, was, that we just read in Isaiah chapter 7. Emmanuel has come in the Lord Jesus Christ, the long-awaited one, the one that, that Israel had been waiting for for generations, the promised Savior. He had come. And it, not only had he come for Israel, but listen, He's come for us. Listen, when, when we needed forgiveness from God, it came in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we needed acceptance from God, it came in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we needed purpose from God, we are, Christ, we are Christ's ambassadors. We have a purpose in life. When we long to know God, we see him in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we, know, when we long for God to know us, Jesus Christ became our high priest and intermediated for us, between us and God. When we long for, for, for help in, in our struggle, Jesus said he would be with us to the end. When we long for God's unconditional and stubborn love, in Jesus Christ we experience God's deep love. Matter of fact, Romans says that, that God demonstrated his love uh, in this way, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated for us the greatest expression of love ever, ever seen on, on the planet. And he is all we need. He is all we need. You know, I used to hear people say that when I was younger, and I thought, well, he's not all we need. You know, as I get a little older and my hair gets a little grayer or falls out entirely, um, I realize he is all we need. Amen? Every, everything I need, everything I need in this life, everything I need is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is, he is a great 
Savior. Amen? He, he is greater than, than all my need, greater than all my sin, greater than all my need. I want to I wanna close with a, with a verse from John chapter 17. Um, if you have your Bible with you, you might, you might just turn there, just a, a couple of books over. Three books, I guess. John chapter 17. I want you to see this. So this is, this is the period in, in John's gospel where he's gone through and they've just had the Lord's Supper together, the last meal together um, there. And then they're going out to the Garden of Gethsemane where, where Jesus was going to be betrayed and, and handed over uh, to soldiers. And on their way, he, he, has this, he has this time of teaching and he also has this time of prayer. Well, at the very, begin, the very end of the prayer is this beautiful climax in his prayer where, where the Lord Jesus Christ, get this, so the intermediary between us and God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself prays for all believers who would come to believe in him. How about that? So Jesus prayed specifically for you and I. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? But he prayed for us. And listen, just, just this, I just want to share this one verse um, real quickly. In, in John chapter 17, verse 24, it says, listen, this is, this is Jesus. They call this Jesus' uh, priestly prayer. This is what Jesus prays for, for us. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Um, let's see. Let me, and let's keep reading there. I, I don't have this for the overhead, but let's keep reading. Right, righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. I just want to break down just two of the things that Jesus is asking for. The very first thing he asks for is what? He says, I want them to see all the people who would believe in me, all the believers who are to come, I want them to see my glory. Isn't that great? Isn't that fantastic? You know, we're talking about having a longing and a, a greater longing and adoration for the Lord. One of the things that Jesus prayed, I pray that they would see my glory. One of the, all of these things that we've been talking about are what makes Jesus Christ glorious. The fact that we're accepted in him, the fact that we found forgiveness in him, all of these things make him glorious. Amen? He, he is glorious as a Savior. He is perfect as a Savior. He is more than all we would ever need. Um, and he prays that, that you and I would see his glory. I pray for you this, this, for this Advent season. I pray that God would give us a greater canvas to be able to capture how great and glorious a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ is. May we get a little bigger picture. May we understand it a little bit better, a little bit more about how glorious he is because when we see his glory, when we see his majesty, when we see what a great and marvelous Savior he is for us, the greater our hearts will be warmed and the more adoration we'll have for him. Amen? But you know what? In another way, the Lord Jesus knew that our love for him was never going to be enough. Right? Our, our love for him was always going to be a little bit half-hearted. Our love for, for him was always going to be divided. We're going to suffer from, uh, from, from uh, duplicity a little bit, that we're always going to have other concerns, other things in our minds, other things in our hearts. We're going to suffer from all these distractions. And so at the very end of his prayer, he says, he prays that the love you have for me, so this is Jesus praying. He says, Father, may the love that you have for me be in them, right? May they have your love for me in their hearts. He's praying for a supernatural love 
for himself, uh, for, for you and I to have for him, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And recognition, listen, and recognition completely that your, and I lo- yours, your love and my love is not enough. It's, it's not strong enough. It's not consistent enough. We're too fickle. We're too distracted. All of those things. And so one of the things we can pray is an agreement to prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, my love for you is half-hearted. My love for you is, is duplicitous. My love for you is fickle. It's up and down with my emotions or how I'm feeling about how the day's going or, or how hard work is during a particular time or, or how good or bad my relationships are going or whatever. The, the fact of the matter is, is that this is the same prayer that you and I can pray. Lord, put your love for the Lord Jesus Christ, put that in my heart that I might love him more. Yeah. This is always going to be a struggle for us, right? We're never going to have this completely done. My heart will, and this planet will never be fully his, right? Because we're so, as Wes said, desperately evil, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that the Lord Jesus Christ can do the work of the Holy Spirit in us, that he can put the, the Father's love for us in our hearts for, for the Father. And, and I need that. We, we need that. I need a greater affection for Jesus. Listen, the fact of the matter is, is that he has come and it should matter in my life. Amen? It should matter to you, Christian, right? It should matter to you that we celebrate Christmas more than decorations and more than presents and all of those things of good are good. We're in the context of the fact that it's that the Lord Jesus Christ is what matters and I want him to matter most in my heart this Christmas. Amen? Amen. All right. I tell you what I'd, what I'd like to do. I'm going to, let me read um, one more, one more, um, one more carol. This is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. This is written by Charles Wesley in the 1700s. I love it. It says this, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Don't you love it? I pray for us this Christmas that we would know the joy of knowing this Emmanuel, God with us, who's come to be our God and to be our Savior. Amen. You know, let's do this to kind of wrap up. Would you all stand with me? And let's dismiss like this. Let's just, um, let's just sing, um, O Come, Let Us Adore Him, just the chorus together. And, and, uh, just